Hello and welcome back to the Speak Up Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Lively, and I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Well, this week on the podcast, I am joined by a Team USA pro rock climber, Natalia Grossman. We'll be talking about how she got into rock climbing, what it's like to rock climb professionally, preparing for the Tokyo Olympics, and lots more. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share this podcast with others. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Natalia Grossman. Well, welcome back to the Speak Up Sports podcast. I'm Anna Lively, and this week on the podcast, for the first time, I am joined with a professional rock climber, Natalia Grossman. Natalia, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about your journey and your rock climbing career so far. So let's just start with how did you get into rock climbing when you were younger? Yeah, so I lived in Santa Cruz, California when I was younger. And when I was about four years old, uh, we were just walking around the neighborhood and we saw this really tall building and uh, we were curious like what was inside. And so I checked it out with my parents and it was a climbing gym. And I was like, I want to do that. Like right away, I I knew that it's like something I wanted to do. Um, But the owners or like the workers at the the climbing gym were like, oh, you have to be six years old. So my parents were like, if you still remember this place, you know, when you're six, like, of course we can come back. And so I remembered. And so I went and then I really liked it and uh, yeah, kept, kept going. That's such a fun story. I love that you talked about your parents. Like if you really do remember it, it's something you really like to do. And sure enough, you remembered for sure. But at what age were you like, I want to do this professionally and represent Team USA. Um, honestly, pretty late in life, I'd say. Um, I think for so long, I just never thought it was possible. Um, and so there was like no point in trying almost. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I did move to Boulder when I was 15 to – climb and become a better climber but it was more like focused on the youth side of climbing not necessarily like the adult scene and and representing the U.S. Um, and it probably wasn't until about like 2019 um, the year I started college that then I was like oh yeah like I want to focus on climbing and then it wasn't until like 2021 where I was like whoa wait like this is my job now like this I don't know everything happened so quickly like um I had never really done the world cup circuit and then my first year on the circuit was very successful and so just a lot changed in in my life that's really cool to hear about your journey so quickly because as you said like you didn't know for a while like that it was a possibility to to do this you know professionally and then you like jump to the seat and just continue to excel so quickly but you talked about being a boulder I know you graduated from college at the University of Colorado last December can you talk about what it was like for you juggling taking college classes while also training and competing in all different rock climbing competitions 
Yeah, so I went to CU Boulder freshman year in person, and then COVID happened that year in, in March. And so I went home and, or I mean, my family already lives in Boulder, but I was living on campus at the time. And I was like doing online school. And then I ended up going out to Utah for like a week or two because the U.S. Training Center is there. And I like went and I was like, I really like it here. And at the time, all my classes were online. So I like came back to Boulder and then I like moved to Salt Lake City um, and I've been out there since. So that was like three years ago. Um, and I was super fortunate to be able to do all of my classes online. Mm -hmm. I had already done like some of the more I don't know how it happened, but I think I got really lucky because like my lab classes and like those classes you would think you would need to do in person. Mm -hmm. um, I did like right after COVID. So there were so many or like right in the midst of COVID. So there were lots of online um, opportunities versus like senior year. There were a lot fewer online courses, but by that time I was just taking electives. So it was pretty easy to find online electives. Um, but yeah, uh, I think I really, or not, I think I do really like the balance of having school and training. Um, once I graduated or after I graduated in December, I ended up like just climbing and like climbing was like the only thing on my agenda really. And it was the first time it had ever been like that. And it ended up being not the best for me I was so focused on climbing like that's all I would think about and I ended up like overtraining and then just like not having good competition results and it was kind of like a curse having all this time like all this extra time on your hands that you weren't used to yeah and so I actually ended up enrolling in some online courses this I think I started in September maybe or end of August um, and just like a certificate course where you can get like a like little degrees in psychology or really any topic you want and just like add to your resume just to like keep learning and to keep having structure because um, I definitely want to go back and get my master's in psychology but it's like a little more time consuming than like what I want so right now I'm in like a go at your own pace course, which is really nice. That's awesome. I love that you shared the aspect of you being able to have the opportunity to do the online classes so you, that you could move and train at the same time. But then you also sharing like an inside look of like, yeah, it wasn't that easy to do because as I can imagine, like obviously nothing like that can be easy, especially since then like you went from being in class to like not having class. So what would you say really helped you uh, be able to like find that better balance after you were sort of like searching for that? Um, I guess like I realized that having all this time was like a bad thing. And so just like trying to get, I realized I needed more structure and more like hobbies outside of climbing. So I think I was just like searching for hobbies and I found like other hobbies, but one of my biggest hobbies is learning. And so I was just trying to find something that I could like do that was not stressful because I love learning. I just don't like the stress that comes with it of exams and deadlines. And so I still have like exams and assignments, 
but there's no deadline and like you can re like you can take them twice and it's just like a pass or fail kind of thing so it's like learning without the stress which oh is that's good <laughs> I wish yeah. I had a little more of that I'm not gonna lie but <laughs> glad you're able to do that but you know it's really cool for me because as I said like you're my first climber on the podcast but like can you give us an inside glimpse of like what a day in the life of a pro rock climber is? Yeah, I guess it it varies like if it's training season, like off season or if it's like middle of the season or if it's like a competition day. Um so I, I'll give like I can give two examples, but like during off season or training, like if I'm training um, typically I'll like do like an off the wall workout. Um, and that will typically, it depends if it's like a power workout. Um, I'll do that like before I climb. Um, or if it's like a strength workout, sometimes I'll do that after, but like wake up, have breakfast, read, just like maybe chill a bit. Or sometimes I just go straight to the gym. Um, and then I'm typically there for like four-ish hours. Um, it just depends what I'm doing. Like sometimes if I'm rope climbing, um, I like to like rest a really long time in between efforts. So that could be like resting 45 minutes in between attempts, which then means, you know, you're going to just be there a while. Mm -hmm. um, and if it's like winter training, we call it, then typically like I'll have, another session in the evening where I'm like lifting um because if I'm ever lifting I don't like to do that like in the same session as my climbing but yeah after climbing like come home have lunch chill and then I go back to the gym if I'm um gonna be lifting or if not like I'll just chill at home maybe like do some classes or other hobbies hang out with friends things like that Nice. That's fun. Thanks for sharing because it's cool to hear all the different aspects about what training looks like to, to give people an idea. Obviously you see it on the competition day, but everything that goes into it of like all the different aspects that people might not think uh, you do, but speaking of climbing, you've won multiple international federation of sport climbing world cup titles. Can you talk about what those world cup competitions have looked like for you and what was it like winning your first one yeah so i guess um my like first season or first year doing the whole season was in 2021 and i like went into the first one like knowing i was stronger than i had been like the last time i had done a world cup um the last world cup i had done was 2019 so like right before COVID uh, or that was like the last World Cup before COVID because this season um, starts like in the spring and so I had placed seventh and was one spot out of finals and so I spent like this whole year like I can't wait for World Cups like I'm gonna get stronger I'm gonna make that final like I know I can make that final and then COVID happened so then it was like a whole nother year so then it was two years so I went into that just being like wow like I got seventh you know, last time. And that gave me a lot of confidence, but then also knowing the, like how much I had improved in those two years. And like, of course, everyone else had improved in those two years as well. But I was just really excited to like be traveling again and, and just being part of the team for the first time. Mm -hmm. 
and I ended up like po- making podium and was just like in shock kind of um and was obviously like so happy and then the next world cup was our home world cup in salt lake city and that ended up being the my first world cup win and i don't know like even just talking about it right now i'm smiling i'll never forget that just like win my first world cup on home turf and like having all of my friends and teammates and my parents and family there um was so cool especially since it all came down to the last climb Mm -hmm. and I had about like 30 seconds left and I ended up finishing the climb with like less than 10 seconds to go and so it was like super dramatic and I don't know it was just really cool that's so cool like a highlight I love to see it because your face like totally lit up too just when you were talking (laughs) about it as you said and you love that because it seems like it really came like full circle in a way because you had moved to Utah to continue to train and that's why you're doing online classes and then to win your first world cup there as you said in front of so many friends and family I bet was like so cool and you can like always have that special memory that you look back upon and that was my first one and this was you know super special yeah for sure but I mean, speaking of the last couple of years, now you represent multiple different companies for climbing that, which is awesome, including, you know, black diamond equipment, Red Bull, so many more. What is it like for you having that opportunity to be a female representation for these companies at such a young age? Um, It's, I don't know. It's really exciting. I think Um, just, I think of myself like four years ago, go buying my own climbing shoes buying everything having not making any money from climbing to like where I'm at now and it's just exciting I think for me to see that and to know that like the climbing industry is becoming more supportive and like I'm hopeful that like more and more people can become professional climbers or make a living off of climbing because like 10 years ago, there were so few people making a living off of climbing, especially females. And so it's mm-hmm. nice to see that the pool is becoming larger and to be a part of the pool and to, I hope that I like represent my brands well. And I love the support I get from them. Um, just being able to, I mean, do the world cups and have that financial support um, is very helpful and like takes a lot of stress off the competition you know when you know that you can get there you're not having to like find like the cheapest airline and just being comfortable enough to be able to focus on the competition and not like the logistical side of things yeah that's cool to hear you talk about like the growth of it as you said like from when a few years ago you didn't have opportunities for pro climbers to really have as much support in this career field and then continuing to see that growth and as you talked about where it is today but speaking of you know big competitions you recently won gold at the pan american games in santiago congratulations first off that's huge but this big win earned you a spot for the paris olympics has it set in yet that you're going to be competing in the olympics and what were those emotions going through your mind when you realized oh my goodness, I'm going to be an Olympic climber next summer. Yeah, 
I don't know if it's like fully sunk in. Like I think it's slowly sinking in. It was just, it's been a goal of mine now for almost two years, I'd say. And so to just like have it actually happen is, yeah, really exciting. Um, and I mean, I'm trying not to think about it too much. Like I know it's going to be like hard work and like training and everything. But the Olympics is just like one day, one competition, one set of climbs. Like you don't know like if it's going to suit you or not. And although it's like a, I'm very, very excited, um, I'm trying not to like put all this extra pressure on it and just mm. be like, this is another competition. Um, I think I'm more excited just for like the atmosphere, I'd say. Like competing at the Pan American Games, it was my first time competing in a multi-sport event. And it was so cool, like being in a village and seeing other athletes and like meeting new people. And I think that's like the part I'm most excited for. And just to be able to share like these memories with, you know, my team and to become closer with those people on my team. That's great. And I, I really love that you talked about not making it like too big as in the fact that it's just one more competition like I've done very a lot of competitions I'm going to continue to train but not like putting too much pressure on yourself to having fun but also as you talked about like having those really cool experiences that not many people are going to get like the villages and so much more that I bet is going to be an exciting experience but speaking of like representation for women in pro sports what do you feel, I know you've talked about the growth that you've seen with um, support for climbers, but what do you think still needs to be done to give more women pro climbers more sponsorships and also just coverage of the sport? Oh, that's like a big question. Um, I'd say first, like, yes, maybe there are more men who are represented, but I think just like climbers in general lack representation or if you look at us, I don't know. If I'm just assuming, I don't actually know if this is like a, a statistic or a fact or anything, but I feel like there are a lot more like pro like basketball players or swimmers who are sponsored than climbers like the pool of sponsored climbers is still really small and so I think it's just the brands are not having enough money necessarily to like sponsor a ton of people but I've also noticed that some brands like they only care about like your placement and like how you're performing and they don't necessarily like care about you as a person and so if you like don't keep performing then you're either like dropped or like you're not wanted. And mm. that's obviously very hard because then that places a lot of pressure on like the athlete to like perform well and it, or else they're not getting, you know, paid to like what they should be. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a hard question. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I that's something you, I even yeah. think about like as I'm trying to gain more sponsors and, mm. and how to like navigate that field. I think, it's also like our job as athletes to put ourselves out there and to like know our worth. And I think a lot of us climbers like sell ourselves short and we're like, Oh yeah, like that seems like a good amount of money or that seems like 
a good amount of gear or whatnot. Um, but it's like, no, like know what you're worth and, and ask for more because a lot of these companies might have more than you think. So yeah, I think you did a great job on speaking on knowing like not to settle. It seems like you were talking about like, know who you are, know your worth, as you said, but also to balance, like knowing who you are as an amazing person, both, you know, as a competitor, but also off the competition floor as well. So as you talked about, like bringing more representation and opportunities for these pro climbers, but to support them as who they are, not just climbing as well. But uh, thanks for sharing those because it gives some great insight to me and the listeners too about what it's like in the pro climbing space. But to finish off the podcast, I always do with my guests, my favorite five questions. So let's have some fun here. But uh, what is one piece of advice that you would give to the next generation? Of athletes, climbers, just people in general? Whoever you'd want to. Okay. Um, just to have fun with what you're doing and just like to find a deep joy for the activities you do and, and life in general. That's great advice. I think I need to take that for myself too. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one is to give a shout out to someone who's made an impact on your life. Um, I'm a shout out my coach, Josh Larson. Awesome. <laughs> All right. If you could plan your ideal day and had an off day, how would you want to spend it? Oh, I would sleep in. Um, have breakfast in bed and then probably go to like a spa, get like a massage, just like relax with some friends maybe. Um, and I would spend time with my parents, maybe go out to dinner somewhere. Um, yeah, something like that. Really easy going. Yeah, that sounds fun for sure. I love that. All right. What sport would you do if you didn't do rock climbing? I think I'd do gymnastics. I like I did that for like 10 years, so I have a feeling I would still be in it if it weren't for climbing. Ooh, nice. Love that one. All right. Last but certainly not least, if you had a superpower that can make the world better, what would you want it to be and why? Something where like that would like impact the way people would express themselves to like reduce negative negativity um and just make the world a happier place i don't really know what the exact superpower would be though but that sounds like a really good one like, just like dissolving negativity Ooh. getting rid of negative vibes so that they don't spread oh i like that one that's a good one for sure that's definitely don't know the name of it either but like I get the get the vision it's like a really cool one love that <laughs> all right well Natalia thank you so much again for jumping on the podcast and sharing your story so far in the pro rock climbing space but I'm excited to continue to follow your story watch you compete as you continue to compete for Team USA in this year and beyond thank you so much Thank you.